When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hashtag no music, no intro. I'm just going to apologize to the people right now. Probably sound a little congested. No stuffy. Allergies kicking my ass. Um, But all in all, good. Uh, Ryan and I recorded another episode because it's football season. I mean, it's football the off season is well underway. We had combine day one yesterday with tight ends and wide receivers working out. Today was offensive linemen and running backs. And then the next couple of days will be defense. And so Ryan and I wanted to get on here, record a pod about just our, our thoughts in terms of like prospects and things like that. Um, and then, so a project I started Oh man, it was a while ago, like more than like five plus years ago, maybe like six years ago, seven years ago, that I just started tracking all the Saints draft data since 2006. Um, and it's a little indicative. It's a little, it's somewhat indicative and somewhat it's not because at one point, obviously, the draft in terms of what they look for changed from Ryan Pace's, you know list until like Jeff Ireland and so at some point I need to go back and kind of separate the two and kind of see what the change is but I just don't have time to do it but with the draft approaching I we did want to talk about like some Saints draft trends now obviously with DA being the head coach there may be some some variance but I mean if, if anything's an indication of, of what's been lately like I don't think we'll see anything too crazy in variation from how Sean Payton read things dramatically. Uh Um, But let's start with the biggest news Saints-wise that came out of the day of today is Jeremy Fowler of ESPN basically reported that it's it's expected that free agent, free safety, Marcus Williams will not get a second franchise tag. Obviously, the Saints are hoping to sign him to a long-term deal, which then in turn would lower, drastically lower his, his cap number. Um, so if he's not getting tagged, if he's not, if he's not extended for a free agency, bro, it's it getting a little dicey. There you go. It's getting dicey, bro. I think he's like uh, in the top 10 of Greg Rosenthal's free agency 101. You know, so... He gonna get paid, bro. You know, young, twenty five. 
you know, a position that's kind of getting hard to find out of college these days, somebody that could play center field and range and breathe and cover and all that. Hard to find, so, you know, it's either go, he's going to be a saint or he ain't. We're going to find out in a couple of weeks. If, and we don't know what's going to happen, right? We, we don't know. But I will say that, and part of it probably is, you know, pandemic and all that. But if the Saints in back-to-back off seasons let Trey Hendrickson leave one last off season, and then if Marcus Williams leaves this off season, ooh, to quote Michael Scott, man, I don't need someone to explain it to me like a bot. <laughs> I mean, it would stink. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, that's what would make it stink because it's like. Okay, we chose to let Trey Henderson walk so we could franchise tag Marcus Williams. And, you know, so you let you let Marcus Williams walks walk. You basically you lose both. <laughs> you lose both. And, you know, just the the effects of all of that. Like you let Trey Henderson walk, so we we drafted Peyton Turner in the first round last year who, you know, is still a mystery at this point. And, you know, you basically got a one-year rental out of Marcus Williams for, you know, for no major reason. And you let him walk, you know, it's like, just sucks. But I will say, if you do lose him, it hurts. Like, I think it costs the Saints a good two games. But it wouldn't be the end of the world. Like, it wouldn't be like your defense straight garbage now. But it would hurt, you know what I'm saying? So it wouldn't be that defense is garbage, but I do think that in terms of, and I think the most the most surprising thing to me if he if he walks is he's kind of like if we who, be honest about it, like Marcus Williams is the key to Dennis Allen's defense and for really what type of defense he wants to run. It would change drastically. It would have to like Marcus Williams like. As Saints fans, we love bringing up how the Saints defensive as when Tom Brady was the Bucks gave him fits, just gave him fits every regular season, even that playoff game that they lost. The Saints defense just stymied Tom Brady with a plethora of weapons that the Bucks offense had, just stymied him. A big part of that, and and it's it's funny because my girl, like I believe it was the the game where it, it was this was nine to zero game, nine to Oh, game this past season. And she was like, she's asked, like, what is it about like the Saints defense that does this to Tom Brady? And I said, Well, Dennis Allen isn't running like a complicated scheme. Like it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's a lot of two, it's a lot of what the Chiefs saw, if we're being honest with it. It's a lot of what the Chiefs saw this past season. It's a lot of two, two safety high. Yep. You have to have you have to have faith in your corners from time to time that they're going to be able to win win matches one on one, and then you have to wisely pick and choose when you're going to double team a certain wide receiver. And so right. Marcus Williams in that scheme, he was he would either shade over um, Mike Evans, he would shade over Chris Godwin, like whatever the, the call was for that specific play. We can go back to the Green Bay game. 
Marshawn Lattimore had a great game against Devontae Adams, like stellar game. Like that, to me, if we're being honest, I think that is Marshawn's best game as a pro, even, even better than his game against Adams in his rookie season. Because Especially considering, like, Devontae Adams cooked everybody, everybody. the rest of the season. Everybody, bro. <laughs> but if you go back to that game, there were certain snaps where it appeared that it was straight man-on-man, one-on-one, but Marcus yeah. Williams was, was just lurking in the area. Lurking. Right. And so if he leaves, right, like I'm sure there's ways to to compensate that and change it. But it's like you said. Yeah. I, I get it as Saints fans, especially for a free safety, single high safety. We don't like it's it's hard for like an average football fan to really understand like the impact and the range that Marcus Williams and how much he, he it's, covers. It's so hard. It's so hard. But I will say if he leaves, if if the Saints start giving up defensively more big plays over the top. Oh, oh no doubt. They will. They will. It's period. Yeah. They will. Um especially if you don't say they bring in, you know, bring back PJ Williams to place in the field. Who's shown he could do it, you know what I'm saying? But he's gonna get beat like <laughs> he's no Marcus Williams, you know what I'm saying? Right. And they probably have to play more two man. Um and you know, to keep things they probably play a lot more two man, I think. And yeah, you, the, just, cover, just, the cover yeah, one would have to it would be a lot limited and running. I, I think one. it would be much more limited, much more limited because they they had that man sitting out there on the island. Like, island, bro. Where like literally every player is on the line of scrimmage, and Marcus Williams back like twenty yards, just yep, <laughs> like play, playing center, on, center fielder. Yeah, man, and you know that's just all, and he could do it. Like you could, you do it because he could do it. He could handle it. You know, we saw like we go back to the Eagles game where you know Jalen Hurts scrambling around for like five minutes, just wow. running around. I saw and, that play, and, and Marcus Williams is going from this side of the field to the other side of the field. Still knock the ball down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't find that. So he's worth whatever, you know, whatever they're going to pay him. But at the same time, I get it. If it gets to a point. Let's call it what it is, right? The Seahawks and Jamal Adams well, fuck, this, fuck this whole shit up, bro. Fuck it up, man. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. What, what are you getting, 17 and a half a year or something? Yes! Like <laughs> yes! <laughs> For someone who's like not even, and what's what's funny about the whole Jamal Adams thing is, I remember when that trade happened. I was like, the Seahawks got fleeced. Everybody knew it. It was like there was never a point where it's like, what? Like nobody ever thought he was worth that. Nobody. Nobody. Um, nobody. Maybe except like LSU Twitter, who are upset today. You know. I would say even LSU Twitter was like, really? <laughs> Speaking of them, I think, you know, shout out to our, our dude, John Hendricks. He, it's a light report because it's not confirmed, but he just yeah. tweeted today that a lot of rumblings that he's hearing that the, the London game that the Saints are going to have this season may be against the Cincinnati Bengals, bro. <laughs> LSU Twitter was hot, bro. <laughs> I loved it, bro. <laughs> loved it. <laughs> loved it. I'm just looking at it from a different perspective. I'm like, man, that's a dope game. Usually the London games are oh, pretty trash. Dope game. 
I'm like, oh, that's a good ass game right there. Man, listen, I don't know if we can pull it off, but my girl's grandma's in Sweden. What? Uh, so I'm gonna see like maybe my first time out of the country, go to London to game. Hook yeah, up just make with that like a whole two week adventure, bro. That's what I'm saying. Hook up with Dave and up there. Who's out? Who else is out there? Daniel. They're both in our our Discord. Both uh, Patreon members been for a while. And then after the London experience, maybe you know swing all over to Sweden. You know, visit you know the girls' grandma, my girls' grandma, and just don't that's go too far. East. Don't go too far east now. <laughs> Hot that east, boy. <laughs> Um, but we'll see because I, I can't even imagine how expensive a trip like that is. But we'll see. I, it, it, but it's, it's potential, potential, right? I already know our board Jay, Jay Mood already there, bro. Like <laughs> Jay, Jay Mood's already gonna make it happen. He was at oh, the he last. He, he was at the last Saints game in London. He's good. He's good. He's good. Man. Um, let's. One thing I wanted. One thing I wanted to say. I've been thinking about this a lot, right? And free agency's coming up. Draft is, you know, month, 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 month and a half away. And we've been saying this for a while. And I was thinking about this when I was driving and handling some errands today. And I was like, you know what? Some people might say we're a little too pessimistic and hard on the Saints. Um, and I don't think I don't think we are. I think we're just realists. We just call shit how we see it and how it is. But be it, be that as it may. I, one thing that would shut me up, like, at least temporarily pacify me as a fan, is if they kicked off the offseason. I mean, I think the, the, the first priority would be bringing Marcus back. But even if that doesn't happen, if they could just show us as fans that they understand the holes that the team has, right? Uh, I'm going to give you two examples. I'm going to give you two. Denver Broncos had basically Cortland Sutton and just nothing else for a number of years. And leading up to that draft, like everyone was sliding a wide receiver to the Broncos. Everybody, bro. It was just like the pick. So this was the draft, what, two years ago? Yeah, I believe it was two years ago. Maybe it was three. I, I lose count. Yeah, I think it was two. Yeah, it was two because it was the uh, Henry Ruggs draft. Yes. Uh-huh. And so what did the Broncos do? They drafted Jerry Judy in round one. They drafted K.J. Hamler either in round two or round three. I think it was round two. And then I believe in that same draft, they drafted like Noah Fant. Uh-huh. So that's a team that realized that shit, we our offense is shitty boo-boo besides a stunt rock receiver. Oh, oh that, that sounded familiar. Uh-oh. And as a team in the draft, they attacked it and they addressed it. I'm gonna give you another example. Kansas City Chiefs rolling to the Super Bowl two seasons ago. Had some backup offensive linemen. They had some injuries. And Patrick Mahomes tried to be Superman. And as best he tried to play, he got pummeled all fucking game. He didn't stand a chance. Did not stand a chance in that game against the Bucs defense. So as much as an enabler as he is, 
Andy Reid took from that game and said, man, our offensive line ain't good enough. We have this stud franchise quarterback. We got to protect him better. That offseason, in one offseason, they traded for Orlando Brown from the Ravens, gave up the first-round pick. He's their left tackle. Went out in free agency, signed Joe Tooney, was their guard. In the draft, they drafted Creed Humphrey in the second round from Oklahoma, going to be an all-pro center, you know, maybe pro-roll center for the next 10, 15 years. And then in the later rounds, they drafted Trey Smith for the other guard position. That's how, if you're a team, you you identify the need and you address it. You attack it. Not even address it, you attack it. Hack it. In one offseason, the Chiefs added four different offensive linemen. And, you know, the Chiefs were a couple of plays away from going to their to their third Super Bowl on the road. Right. They didn't they didn't lose because of the offensive line. Right. <laughs> Well, although Trigger Train was getting Orlando Brown that dick in that game, oh, though. Like, hey, Orlando, I mean, Orlando talk all that shit. Like he a, does, bro. Left tackle. Well, I'm a left tackle, not a right tackle. I don't know, bro. <laughs> Maybe should have said his ass in Baltimore. But to the Chiefs' effort, I appreciate, like, the 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 just going and getting it. And, oh, it, get it. Yeah. and now because, because of what? Sucking cost fallacy. They're gonna have to franchise Orlando Brown this offseason. Because <laughs> they gave up 30, they gave up the 31st overall pick for him last year. So they gotta, they gotta, they gotta tag him. They can't just let him walk. <laughs> right? Man, so like, you go your ass back to right tackle. Right tackle, nigga. <laughs> so that's just two examples of just recent recent teams. You know what's gonna happen? And I I can tell you a team that's gonna attack it in this offseason. And, I, and they're typically a cheap team, and he don't like to pay. But the Bengals, oh, they they yeah. they, they, they going to protect Joe Burrow. Now, the, the, the signings may not work out, right? Like, they, whoever they may sign, it may not work out. But they're going to identify players in free agency and then the draft, and I bet they're going to add at least three to four offensive linemen. That's going to be starting uh, it's, next a, it's amazing, too. They, they really do draft well, man. Like, they draft – Extremely well. You draft like and, and they sure do. And in free agency, they've been like really just like hitting, man. But man, offensive line, they just have that. <laughs> some reason it just hadn't really worked out. But every other position, they've hit in free agency. They've hit in the draft. You know, like they've just gotten paid the right guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But with Trey Henderson got signed last year, a lot of people were like, ooh, that's a lot of that's a lot of money. Even I was kind of like, it's a lot of money for trick or trade. You know what's crazy? If you remember, they decided now this is also good self-scouting, too. And I know injury play a factor into it, right? They decided to let Carl Lawson go, bro. So did. So did. And let him go. And it, it made sense too. Brought in Pretty much like the exact same position, just a different player. <laughs> With his own injury issue. <laughs> right? Carl Lawson goes to the Jets, t- tears his Achilles or his ACL or something in training camp. Imme- immediately. Like, literally, the, when he walked off the bus. Just, oh, damn. <laughs> Remind me of the, uh, the Charles Bentley injury when he, when he oh. went to the ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, man. That was bad. So... 
So that so two examples of teams that's done it. I just gave another team that's going to do it. So if as fans, if the Saints just want to show us, hey, listen, we we see what y'all see, man. I gotta get some in two weeks, bro. I need some alerts on my phone. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport. I I need some oh. some alerts coming. Like I gotta see. Can I get something? Like something, sweating, bro. bro. I'd be sweating, bro. I swear I'd be sweating, man. Especially, I I already decided, bro. Like I might, I'm not gonna go to the office that day. I'm just gonna work from home because I'm not gonna get any work done. <laughs> Pointless, bro. If you're gonna if if you're gonna say, you know what, we can't pay Marcus 18 mil. Can't do it, you know, because then we got because down the pipe we got who we gotta pay. Make it mean something. Right, that's what I'm saying. We gotta pay CD. We gotta pay Eric McCoy. Uh, I don't know if you gotta pay Mar- Marcus Davenport or not, but you at least gotta potentially pay those two, right? Yeah. If you are gonna let Marcus go, I need some type of fucking Dior Gucci offensive purchase. I need it. Ooh. Need it. I is that? And I don't. I, honestly, it sounds weird to say. I, I wouldn't even want. I wouldn't even want Amari Cooper, bro. Yeah. For <laughs> what? For what he's gonna cost? I wouldn't even want him. I wouldn't. He don't get paid, bro. He don't get paid, man. Oh, yeah. Like Jaguars, oh, Jaguars could write him twenty million a year, like with no problem, and not even really easy. affect them. You know what I'm saying? It's funny, but I, I as soon as like that 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 tweet came from Shepter today. Like in my head, I was like, the best thing for him to go to would be like, like a reunion with the Raiders, bro. Like it's mm-hmm. as, as poetic, poetic as would that be? Um, plenty of sense. It, plenty, of, but I and we don't know what's going to happen next Tuesday. Is going to clarify a lot of things in terms of who's actually going to be free agents because that's the deadline that the that the tag has to be put on players. Sounds like Mike Williams, the the Chargers raw receiver, is going to get tagged. Okay. Which makes sense because if they got cap space, and you have a young sub quarterback. Why, why not just just tag him for a year and just and just go from there? So we don't know what the pool is. Sounds like Dalton Schultz will get tagged too because Blake Jarwin has like this uncommon football injury where it may be like career threatening, and he's not going right. for the season. So basically, what the Cowboys have decided to do is. Save twenty million, however they potentially could save it, on what the cost would be for Amari Cooper. Resign Michael Gallup, who has an ACL injury or torn ACL, um, so he's probably going to get like a discounted contract. Resign Cedric Wilson, who every fucking Cowboys game I saw, I kept asking myself, where did he come from? Right. Yeah. Where, where like where did he come from? Why can't we have a Cedric Wilson? Like we, 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 we used to, bro. Remember, we used to have un, undrafted, and that's and that's that, that probably led to the problem because Sean got exactly. over exactly. Anyway, um, and you know, so it allows him to keep Dalton Schultz, it allows him to keep Michael Gap, it allows it allows him to keep Cedric Wilson, and basically they just said we we just we, we good with Amari. And I I felt it coming, I felt it coming, bro. <laughs> A month. In, a month into th- this past season, I was like, this just feels off. Anyway, whatever. Um, but let's – but just wrapping that up, 
if Marcus leaves the the Saints, they just gotta show us something. And right. it would it would pacify us. It may not even work out right. It may not. But it would pacify us and it will at least show to us, okay, we eye to eye. We you see the same shit we see. Because if if they start free agency and there's just like crickets and just free agents just being fucking just like offensive ones, just being plucked and signed and shit. We gonna have a problem, bro. Pretty <laughs> so, man, because I think I think they're gonna go goodwill shopping on offense for free agency. Well, I you say that, and I and I tweeted it today. I was like, man, I'm I'm so I'm so desperate right now, man. I will take old ass AJ Green, bro. Holy shit, bro! I was like, like day, I was like. I was pissed. I was I was driving. I was like kind of mad because I was like, man, I would love to have Grunk, but I know he probably wouldn't even want to come there. Right. <laughs> I was like, man, would love Grunk, bro. Grunk a block. He could, man. I was like, man, get Grunk up in here. I was like, oh, but he ain't gonna come to my little pissy ass team, man. <laughs> a Grunk, an AJ Green. Hey, AJ Green makes a play for Cardinals last season. What's not? Let's not forget. I, I saw a couple oh, games, man. He's making some plays. He'd be a good signing, man. Good sign. Um, one of the weirdest tag situations that has been reported or like may happen to me, the weirdest one in the league is the Browns potentially tagging David and Joku. Mm, that's weird. To okay. To off seasons ago, they signed Austin Hooper as a free agent from the Falcons. And then they drafted Harrison Bryant last year. He was he he got off his rookie season like gangbusters. Then he got hurt. And so you would think that in David and Joku and the Browns relationship has always been kind of like weird. Uh-huh. And like first he's like he's, the times he's like requested to get out of Cleveland, blah blah. Uh-huh. So to hear that they may franchise tag him, that to me that only makes sense financially is if they said, you know what, we we want to get off this awesome Hooper contract. We just we're good, we're done, uh-huh. and just wash your hands on it. Because if if so, you've invested a fourth round pick in Harrison Bryant. You got David and Joku on. A, a franchise tag and which is like like the top was it is it the average top five of the tight end positions uh, in the league? Yeah, yeah. Which is which is crazy. About thirteen million, I think. Unless they were unless they do that and then they immediately hit him with like a contract extension that lowers his number, which that would make sense. But then you have Austin Hoop. I don't know, man. It, when that came out, I was like that that one I didn't understand. I didn't get. I mean, Austin Hoop hadn't been the guy for him. I mean, he didn't work. Yes, not. He has not. It never made sense. It made, didn't make sense for the and Falcons to let him go. So, I mean, shit, he can end up back there. <laughs> Man, listen, if, if the Browns cut Austin Hooper, oh, okay, hey, no. hey, Big Head, you already know the division. Hey, Big Head. Um, one, uh, I, had, I, had, I had a free agent or I had a team I was thinking about and then it just – just disintegrated right right in front of me. Um let's let's get into let's get into the combine. Uh yesterday wide receivers quarterbacks worked out tight ends worked out and wide receivers was moving boy. Moving. Damn. 
man, I didn't see any of the workouts because I was working myself, was stuck in traffic for like 40 minutes just to drive 20 miles. Um, but I was getting like text updates of like fucking 40 times and shit. And you want to talk about like you ever just just get like that? Well, you haven't in a while, but like when you were single, like you just get that itch. Like I just gotta just fuck something like tonight. Yeah, oh yeah, well, <laughs> tonight, bruh. Can we get somebody? Some come on, someone, somebody, bruh. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon yes, Burks. Yes, yes, please, please. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> just stamp it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> If if they don't if they don't draft a right receiver in the first two rounds, bruh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna unleash a rant. <laughs> that, it's gonna be epic, bruh. Cause there's there's no way. And no way. even in this draft, you were t- you texted me this earlier today. You're watching um George Pickens. I watched him a couple of days ago. John Shipley, our guy who covers the Jags for Sports Illustrated, watched him a couple of weeks ago. He was on Twitter saying, like, he's a dog. He's going to be a still in round two. Christian Watts, um, Watson, I finally got the chance to, like, watch him. Mm-hmm. I Reminded me, reminds me a lot of fucking Chase Claypool. Mm, that's a good one. Like, just big as shit, but can just move. Like, he ran a 4.2, bro. At, at, at his size, like it's like a four point two eight. At his size, um, if they don't come out of the first two rounds with at least one wide receiver, it tells me everything I need to know about this team. It's like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, Dennis Allen has to know. He, I know he loves defense, but you can't love it that bad. Like he has to know. He has to know, like looking at looking at the defense, the offense he's his going against playing against in practice is like, damn, these niggas garbage. <laughs> Locking <laughs> these niggas up out here. <laughs> he gotta know. He gotta know. Um, one thing. Well, we'll see how it plays out. When the Chris Olave forty time came out initially at four point two, and then like they. They adjusted it to like a four point three eight. Like I don't know how that has such a huge fucking difference in in a variance, bro. It's a huge difference. That said, it was, and we talked about this on the last on the last episode, man. His him being underrated as a prospect this entire draft season has just never fucking made sense. It has never made sense. One iota. You can argue, people can argue with me all they want and say, well, Garrett Wilson probably had a better workout because he did. He ran a 4.3. He's bigger, blah, blah. I don't care, man. Chris Olave is a better wide receiver than Garrett Wilson. Period. Uh. You, I, 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 I don't want to hear it. <laughs> people can argue with me. Don't care. Fuck you. It's not, it's not true. It's not true. You cannot, you cannot watch their games and their tape and get me to believe that Garrett Wilson is a better wide receiver prospect. Now that said, I'm thirsty enough that if Garrett Wilson is there at 18 and some people off the board, oh, hey, Garrett. Hey. Don't know why that, that black man got one of the widest names of all time, but I digress. 
Um, <laughs> just walk, just back to just walking in the hood, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm Garrett. Um, <laughs> don't, don't make no sense, Garrett. bro. Garrett. Garrett. Um, I will say, I will say, watching both of them, uh, watching Wilson recently, I say the aspect that Wilson does have that Olave doesn't is he's a little bit more physical. Uh, Olave is yes, very much like a finesse wide receiver. Yes, Um, just so smooth, like just real, just silky moves anywhere. Um, You know, Wilson, even though he's really fast, he kind of you know he's a little more just kind of. Physical with it, you know what I'm saying? And um, he'll, he, and he's like you can go like jump balls or 50 50 yeah, balls. He's, so he, he, he is a ball attacker, he takes the ball. He, he's not as good as Michael. I mean, he's gonna go in the first round. I don't think he, but there's some similarities in his game and Michael Thomas's game. Yeah, 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 I feel the same a little bit. Um, I don't think he's as good as route runner as Mike Mike is. I think, but I do think Garrett Wilson's a little more explosive, um, just just like in speed wise. Now, that kind of brings up the next, just the next question, right? Is I, I know we we got to pretend like you know Michael Thomas doesn't exist, but if you're building this team, what type of wide receiver? Do you want to pair with Mike Thomas? Do you want someone? And it's it's a weird question to ask. And a lot of people get hung up on this in regards in just regards to like this is what got the Saints in this predicament, right? Because yeah. when Drew Brees was Drew Brees was aging, there were receivers that they could have either drafted or potentially signed, but because Drew Brees didn't have the arm to get them the ball, yeah, they just didn't go after him. Would you? you that that is such a short sighted, so short sighted way of viewing things. So quarterback aside, like yeah, you know, you could say, well, with Jameis, I would go. You know, that's assuming Jameis. I don't right. care who's that quarterback. I'm He's saying down. five years, right? You know, how I mean, you're probably not going to have whoever this wide receiver is in Mike for five years, but in three to three to four seasons, who is the best receiver? or best type of receiver in this class to be paired with Michael Thomas? I'd be interested to per- Personally, um, I just want us to come away this offseason with a big and a small. Mm. Not small, but, you know, I want, yeah. a big, I want another big receiver. 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, um, he doesn't have to be a burner, but somebody that can get downfield. Just a big body that can attack in the red zone. You know, our red zone, you know, was – Mediocre last year, man. And you need somebody that can really attack in that area, that could be a big target for Jameis or whoever plays that quarterback. Um, somebody that could just win those, whether it's somebody that just works it over the middle in the spot, somebody that works on the X outside, whatever. But I think, you know, Mike Thomas, he's a big wide receiver, but I think you give like just another like hardcore like X or the downfield threat that's big. I think that'll be so much, man. That's why I was like, like, George, you know, uh, George Pickens or uh, uh, Drake, uh, Drake London or, um, you know, even Trillon Burks, you know, who knows where he goes. He ran like a four or five, you know, we'll see how that affects his draft stock or whatever. 
think I think him running a four five is that's like good for his size. Oh yeah, like I thought that. That's, that's I, that's exactly what I thought he would run. Exactly what I thought he would run. He was just, it just, it just fit exactly what I was like. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? But the way it's about the way he moves, like he, yes, your dude moving like that is like, what the fuck is going on? But uh, I was, just, I was so trying, to, I was trying to explain like Traylon Burks to my girl last night about like he just confused. <laughs> she just, she didn't understand it. <laughs> that's crazy, but. You know, I want a big, and I want like a Chris Olave. I want somebody, you know, a better Deontay Harris. Mm. You know, a better version of him. You know, and Deontay Harris has been good, but he's injured. You know, he's somebody that's still kind of like fitting into that wide receiver position. I want a better version of him. I somebody think that work every every level. You know, a bigger player like that. And I watched a little bit of, of this player last night before I just passed out. Um, is Scott Moore? The wide receiver who had like a really good workout, kind of, kind of like in the same similar mold as Deontay, but like better, like just as you said, like a better version of Deontay. Um, for me, I got, I think if if it was just if I just had one, right? For me, I would go. I would go, Chris. I would go. Chris Olave. Well, let me let me let me backtrack that back. I would go Jamison Williams. Oh, oh yeah. Well no doubt. Um, because I think him paired with Mike Thomas could be frightening for special. Defense, bro. Just special. Fr- like James, say say you get Jameson and you get a um, you know, you get a, a George Pickett later. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Man, you have completely just <laughs> just changed your offense. Just immediately, bro, you, like it's <laughs> you tw- you tweeted it today, right? Just just imagine this: you get Jamison at eight, at eighteen, and then whether it's round three or round four, whichever round it is, because I think they'll probably be there. If you draft like a, a Greg Dulcich, who shout out to our dude who interviewed with oh. us at the Senior Bowl, he was tearing up the combine yesterday. Um, Good. Oh, you get someone man, he screams Hunter Henry to me. Like, yeah, he does. He he's like just it's like the long the long hair and what he just screams Hunter Henry type to me. But you get like a Greg Dosis tight end from UCLA or um a Jalen uh Wildeminer. I watched like two or three games of his last night. He reminds me kind of like a David and Joku coming out. Um at Texas A&M, and you just you just it's just like you said, man. Your your entire offense has has changed, and and just is reworked. Um, let's, let's anything else from wide receiver workouts that you want to point out? No, man. It's just just think of how fun it'll be. Like on draft night. <sighs> They come away with a couple wide receivers. Us being in Vegas, bro. Oh man! And then we get to go home and get to study, like really study who we drafted and be excited to study, bro. Like, yes, that'll just be such a enthusiasm for training camp and all that stuff, you know. And who knows how it works out? You know, players get injured. You just never know. It can go completely bad, really quick. Real quick. But it'll just be that moment of excitement. 
where you know people will be looking forward to the next Saints season, man, because it's been it's been, it's been hard out here, really. Like it's cold, bro. Cold, <laughs> cold. Um, let's quickly talk about the quarterbacks, quarterback workouts. I didn't see, I didn't see any of them, but it seems like the consensus was. Shocker, shocker. Malik Willis put on the fucking show. <laughs> he is... Here's the thing that's annoying to me about him as a prospect. He is such an easy prospect to evaluate. Mm-hmm. He's not a hard prospect to evaluate. When we were sitting in, in, in the fucking bleachers in Alabama, just, just watching him just Casually fucking throw the ball warming up. It was just like, nigga, this ball coming out. Fire, bro. That's like the first check mark of a quarterback. It's like, is he a good thrower of the ball? Yeah, and like he was just like he was just messing around, just boop, boop, boop. And it's like, okay, the dude can fucking throw. Like that's the major check mark. It's like it is. And it's 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 funny because the first game I watched of his. And I got flagged for it. Max was like, you're crazy. I said, he, he he's not as big and he's not, but there's a lot of Josh Allen to his game. Yeah, and you're right. You're right. It's even as far as, like, his development. Yeah, like his, his it, like him being inaccurate, just like Josh, just like Josh Allen was. It, it, he's not as big. I get it. Um but how they play the game? He's thick though. He's thick he is dude. like he's a, he's a he's not like a slight dude. He's like he's not like Tua. Like he's a big dude. Um, he's just not like Josh Allen big. Pause. No, no, um, he's right. But they, I just, I just watched him and I said I just saw a lot of Josh Josh Allen similarities in him. Anyway, had a had a great great combine. I he's prop. He got to go top ten, bro. He going top ten. Somebody gonna fall in love with him. Somebody. Yes, yes. I don't think he fits every coach. He does not. Scheme, you know, but somebody's gonna fall in love with him. And I'll tell you this right now: if Malik Willis was was Michael, well, Weather Weather Brooks, Michael Watson, <laughs> bro, bro, <laughs> be, be a different story, bro. Just, just saying. Um, it sounds like, and it's funny. It's the reports was like Kenny, Kenny Pickett's, like his workout was like the most consistent, which is exactly what he is, man. What he is, bro. I will. I went back. I watched a little more of Kenny Pickett last night. I watched his game against Tennessee. I think that. So if people listen to this podcast, they, if you want to get a good, you know, good view of Kenny Pickett, there's two games I would suggest you watch. One is the game against Clemson this past season, um, where that's a game that I've said on this podcast before. Like nothing went wrong, nothing went right for Pittsburgh in that game. Like he was under siege. He it was just a shit show. Um, and then in the second half, like Kenny Pickett just kind of takes over the game. Um, and like pretty much wills his team to a win when a game that they probably shouldn't have won. Um, it was a, a very impressive game, and it, it's ugly in the first two quarters. It is ugly that he's not, they're not, they're not blocking for him. It's rough. All his receivers are dropping passes. Um, but he balls out in the second half. 
Uh, and then I watched the game against Tennessee last night, and he has a throw in that game. It's a touchdown throw against Tennessee. Do you remember when you you watched Mac Jones and like Mac Jones make this he makes this one play where he's like rolling and he throws it towards the end zone. Uh-huh. Kenny Pickett makes the almost the exact same throw against Tennessee. Uh-huh. And I said, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yep, I know you. I know you do. Yeah, and I said yes. He's, so I, I put out, I tweeted out my my list late last night. Basically, just the list of players that I would want the Saints to draft in order. Um, I'm kind of getting worn out on watching players, so I think I'm like at my limit. I don't think I'm going to watch too too much more. But my list, number one player is Malik Willis. Second player, and this is in order. Second player is Kenny Pickett. Third player is Jamison Williams. Fourth is Chris Olave. Fifth is Traylon Burks. Sixth is Garrett Wilson. Then my seventh player, who is my, he's, he's the only defensive player I have here, but it's the Mel or Marvin uh, Leo. Every fucking time I watch a Texas A and M game, number eight from Texas A and M on the defensive line flashed. Every game I watched last season, and, I, and this is when I wasn't even watching guys like for prospect reasons, bro. Just watch, just watching football, and. Every time I watched the Texas A&M game, and I just saw eight make plays over and over and over again. And I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> um, it's funny because he was getting mocked like top 10, like at the beginning of like the last couple of months ago. Now he's falling. But wow. Wow. Um, he is, I, I, I get it. But if they were to draft a defensive player, defensive tackles like a huge fucking need and i he's more i don't even know what his true position i think he's more of like a tweener but he is a true defensive tackle um we'll be fine for it only two players in this draft who get my draft bay um designation if you're not familiar with my draft bay designation that's the players that like i have a huge man crush on prior draft bays have been patrick mahomes todd Gurley. Um, Kadarius Tony, off the top of my head, I've had others. I, I've had ones that haven't uh, worked out. Um, LaFon Treadwell was a draft bay, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but my two draft bays this this draft season are, is Malik Willits and Jamison Williams. Um, probably only two that are going to be my draft bays this season. Um, that said, even if even if those even if Jamison Williams is there at eighteen or Chris Olave is there at eighteen. If Chris, if if Kenny Pickett's there at eighteen, if they're on the board, I think you, I think you just got to go quarterback, man. It's just the the positional value of drafting a quarterback that you could have on a rookie contract for at least four seasons, and if he ends up being good, I, and I think Kenny Pickett's going to be good. He's not he's not everyone's cup of tea because he's not like exciting. No, he's not. But I, I just see, you know, it's similar to Mac Jones, man. Where yep. he's gonna do, he's gonna do what's asked of him. He's gonna make the right throws. He's accurate. Look, um, was killing that nigga for his hand size, though. Eight and a half. Oh man, some, like some guys out here would love eight and a half. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's small, though, man. Like, and I know, like. Our initial responses to poo poo that, like, oh, that don't mean nothing. But, like, like historically, yeah, it does. Historically, it means something, man. Like, it's, 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 it's palpable. But he wears the gloves, you know, he wears the gloves for a reason. 
What was Teddy's hand size? I'm, I'm just asking. It was about nine and one fourth, I think. He had small hands, but they weren't as small. Damn, Kenny Pickett got small, small hands. Like, real small hands, like you know what I'm saying. Like, so he's gonna need the he's gonna need the clubs because NFL regulation balls are big, like big. bigger than college balls, and they have their PSI, the flake gate. We know all about that. They have the PSI <laughs> limits and all that stuff. Um, so you know it's. It's just something you, you gotta watch for, you know. What you I'm do. Saying? Like I don't know, I don't know how it works. Um, I remember, you know, the practice we missed at the Senior Bowl. I, oh, I, I was there. I watched oh, most of there. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember a lot of reports about him kind of struggling in the rain and stuff like that. Um, can I can I say one thing to that? Everyone was fucking struggling. Like, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, it, it, was, like, it was like it's it, the rain. Yeah, like everyone was coming after Kenny Pickett. I was like. It, it seems like it was like, I don't know, like directives, because I was there in the rain, tweeted out a picture of like me being rained on, my glasses getting fucking soaked, everything. Every quarterback for that team, because I didn't say for Malik Willis's team when they came out, I left early to get back. Every quarterback was struggling with, with ball security. And that just, just throw that out there. Do you feel like Desmond really is getting kind of underrated, bro? Because it's like, man, that dude played a long time, man. I feel like he played. I feel like he's been playing like most of my life. <laughs> it's like dude been playing, bro. I feel he's been good. Like he's been a good player. Like I feel that he's a better game. Like he he's a better game player than he is a practice player. Oh yeah, no sense. doubt. No, Does doubt. that makes it no like because you watch his his games and he he can he can play, man. Like he's a decent quarterback. Not now. If they miss out, like, this, just imagine this. And I don't know if it would happen because I think there's too many other teams, like the Lions or whatever, that would probably take them in, like, the either bottom of round one or early round two. But could you, like, just imagine the situation? I know it probably wouldn't be the most ideal, but I wouldn't hate it. Like, if they go wide receiver at 18 and in the second round you can get, like, a Desmond, Rit- uh, Desmond Rittler. I, I wouldn't hate that at all. I hate that at all, man. Just sign me the fuck up. Sign but, yeah, I do. Him, like, he, I wouldn't be mad with Desmond Riller in the second round. I wouldn't be mad at Sam. I Like, Sam Howell, he he was – everyone has different opinions on him, but, like, I thought he was as impressive as he could be in, like, the exactly. Super Bowl practice. Exactly. Because I had no, like, preconception of him at all. Like, at all. I didn't – I don't know his history. I didn't watch him. Nothing. I just – that was my first time seeing him. And I was like, oh. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like, oh, yeah, I could, I could see him playing in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? He has, you know, he's not perfect. Has some things that it would need to work on. But I could see him, you know, if things got figured out, you know, being a nice, functional, solid, good quarterback in the NFL. You know? For sure. Um, all right. It's getting, getting a little late, especially there. So I want to just briefly hit on – the Saints draft trends. So I, I started this, like I said, beginning when I was like super fucking still like just, oh my God, the draft, I love it. It's my life. And I think I started, maybe I started it when I was doing uh, Draft Mecca, I believe is when I first, uh-huh. yep, sure was. Um, and I just wanted to like analyze the Saints drafting trends because at that time, we had been one of the few teams that had been able to keep the same head coach since 2006. And you could actually like following the trends, 
they would mean something because it's the same person. Now, if you have a different head coach every two years, like the Giants, you shouldn't like the trends don't matter because you're having different people come in. So, but with the Saints, even now, I know Sean Payton's gone. Um, I still think the trends, the past trends, may still be indicative of how they may go. So, um, since 2006, just really quickly, I think I've updated these numbers. Um, they have drafted 11 cornerbacks, 11 safeties. They've drafted 10 linebackers, which is wild. Wow. Um, only t- technically, I guess it's three quarterbacks. And if you include Tommy Stevens fiasco on that, um, what in terms of the pos- positional wise, what is the highest round you think, or what is the position that they get that gets drafted the highest? <laughs> At least I would th- think. I would think safety. Close. It's in the top. It's in the top five. But the position that gets drafted the highest since the Saints have been drafting is actually been cornerback. Cornerback. Okay. Yeah, it's been it's well, been yeah, Michael, Malcolm Jenkins was a cornerback off the Yes, yeah. Um, so like the 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 highest is, is cornerback. The second highest, surprisingly, is defensive tackle. Um, because we had Cedric Ellis, we had Shelton Rankins, and then um David Onyemata. Like the the average is it pushes it up in terms of when they're when they're drafted yeah. high. Followed by safety and then defensive end, and then to round out the top five is offensive tackle. So those are the positions that the Saints historically draft the highest in the draft. Um what I'm gonna exclude quarterback, but what is the positions that is like the lowest that they draft? Uh I would say guard. Um Probably tight end. Yeah, you you hit the first one right out the gate. It's hundred percent guard. The average round that they draft guards is four point seven five, which means like, which is like middle of the fourth round, closer to the fifth round is where they typically have drafted their guards historically. Um, tight end is four point three three, so. Jimmy Graham was a third-round pick. Troutman was a third-round pick. And then you had, oh, what is it, <laughs> Elise Mack, Alizé Mack, whatever. Um, yeah. Right? Uh, wide receiver, the one we've been talking about the most this, this whole offseason, last couple of offseasons. Three points something? Four. Mm. Their average round of where they draft receivers historically since 2006 is four the highest that's pathetic these are just these are just facts these are numbers two think about this right i'm looking at the looking at the 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 facts right now there have only been two wide receivers that the saints have drafted in the first round since 2006 brandon cooks and uh meacham that's it (laughs) that's it 
Um, then you have obviously Michael Thomas was round two. And here's the crazy part. Let, let's so just for people listening. So again, just to explain it, when we say the average mean, when I say the positional mean by round, that means that by average, when when every like if you take up if you take all the rounds or whatever that the Saints have drafted in, you divide that by the number of wide receivers that they've drafted, the average round that they've drafted wide receiver is round four. Or is it like in the fourth, around the fourth round, give or take, which is crazy. Ryan had it right, hit it on the head in terms of like the absolute lowest is guard. It's like 4.75. So that's low, that's low, low fourth round towards like fifth round. Um, running back is 4.14. So that's around like fourth round. I think the only, but the only draft, learning about the draft in the first round was Mark Ingram or Reggie Bush. So that's two. Well, apparently, they, they focus a lot on defense in the draft. <laughs> yes. What, and, it, and, that's, and that seems to have been a trend regardless of it's yeah, Ryan, Ryan Pace, Pace or Jeff or Jeff Ireland. just seems to be a trend because every defensive position except for linebacker, the average mean, cornerback, average mean is 3.18, hmm. which means that essentially – the cornerbacks that they drafted have been either in the third round picks or higher. Sa- yeah. Safety's about 3.5. Defensive end is 3.5. Uh, defensive tackles, 3.25. Linebacker, 4.7, bro. Oh. Um, and then offensively, the, the lowest is, well, the lowest is technically quarterback, but in terms of Ryan hit it on the head is 4.75 for guard. Uh, the highest offensively is tackle, which makes sense because obviously that's the, one of the most important positions in football, offensive line. Tackle is 3.85. So they've drafted their tackles lower end of round three, maybe top of round four. Um, so I believe these numbers are updated. I really hope they are because I've updated them recently. Let's talk about positional hit rate, which means that Per position, have the picks been a hit or not a hit? Um, so there's a two-way tie. No, sorry, it's a three-way tie for the highest positional hit rate that the Saints have drafted since 2006. Let, let me hear your guess of what those positional hit rates are. Oh, I'd say wide receiver. Um, defensive and... That's one. And uh, running back? Yep. That's 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 a, that's the second one. The one that you missed is off of the tackle. So I guess it's like oh, okay. Armstead, Ramchek, uh Streif, um not everybody? I feel like there's more. <laughs> About to say <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Streif, Bushrod, Armstead, no, Bushrod, yeah. Ramchek, and then the misses were Charles Brown, <laughs> Tavon Rooks, and fucking Rick Leonard, bro. Damn. <laughs> fucking Rick Leonard. Um, you said right receiver, right? So the positional hit rate for defensive end, 57%. Running back, 57%. Offensive tackle, 57%. 
that's real good, bro. <laughs> it's real good. You so that's that's the like odds is that if you draft if the Saints would draft that position, they typically hit at it. Um, wide receiver was your guess. You were one percent less. Wide receiver is fifty six percent, which goes just back to our argument of why it's so frustrating. Why these oh, guys have not invested in wide receivers because when they draft them, they draft good ones. Yeah. <laughs> they draft good ones. Um, oh. And then other positional hit rates, cornerback is 40, 45%. Safety is 45%. Defensive tackle is 50%. The lowest will except for You already knew it, bro. <laughs> I don't need no stats for that. <laughs> I got my eyes. 16 <laughs> points. Me, Werner, me, Werner saved it. Really saved it, bro. <laughs> saved it, bro. 16.6%. That's pathetic, bro. Is, That's there pathetic. Hit, is there a hit rate when drafting linebackers? I, that's even me being nice, and I included Caden Ellis because he was a seventh-round pick <laughs> as a green. As a green, bro. Yeah, that was a green, bro. I'm, say, I'm saying he was drafted in the seventh round. He's still in the well, league. It's a good, it's a good green. I'm just saying he probably wouldn't start for like you know half the league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like it, he, he made some plays this season, though. Yeah, he's a green. I, I agree. That he's the only player. one that I kept going back and forth on, bro, was Anzalone. Like he, to me, right now, he's a yellow. Yeah. I, <laughs> damn, I don't know. I mean, he started for the Lions last season, but he was also asked for them last season. So the like, Jag, you know what I'm saying? He's a he's a, excuse me. He's now become a Jag, unfortunately. So that is sixteen point six percent. That is also with let me. That is twelve linebackers drafted. Jesus, <laughs> that's twelve linebackers drafted. That's. That is that is not good. Um, another thing I like. I, another thing that I did, um, or I started, I started to do was, and it's a little, it's kind of hard because all the fucking like realignment and shit in college football with conferences, so it it may be a little skewed. Um, but I wanted to do like by conference their hit rate, like so if they're if they draft uh, drafting certain players by a certain conference what that hit rate is the most this is this is easy the most players that they drafted from a conference obviously is the big 10 no no big surprise um the second highest is oddly the acc yeah no they like acc which is which is weird and speaking of liking acc the numbers show that their hit rate when they draft from the ACC is 12.5. Jesus. So let me, let me, I'm going to list all players that they drafted from the ACC. Okay. Ian Book, Alize Mack, Rick Leonard, or yeah, Rick Leonard, Kareem Moore, uh, Aquadine Muhammad. Green, Shutter Rankins, he was a yellow. Uh, Stefan Anthony, big ass red. PJ Williams, green. Andrew Tiller, green. Johnny Patrick, 
<laughs> Red. Patrick Robinson, green. Jimmy Graham, green. Matt Tennant, red. Chip Bond, red. Stanley, whatever, red. Demario Presley, red. Hey, if anyone listens to this fucking podcast in the Saints organization, I, I'm no, no one does, but if anyone does, please stop fucking dropping from the ACC. Please. Especially linebackers. It is, it is not been kind. Yeah, they the two linebackers that just did not work out. Um, that when I when I calculated, I was like, God damn, <laughs> what? Uh, so the conference that they drafted from the most, it's nineteen players from the Big Ten, uh, has a hit rate of forty-seven point three, which it's, it's pretty good. Like obviously. The numbers kind of get skewed because you draft so many players from that one conference. But typically, if they draft from the Big Ten, like the Big Ten has been very good to the Saints. Pete Warner, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, Michael Thomas, Von Bell, Malcolm Jenkins, Tracy Porter, Rod Nikovich, Jack Streif. You can't, you can't argue with that. can't argue with that. Um. As of right now, the conference that has the highest, like, highest percentage of hitting when they draft in that conference, what, what, I mean, you probably could guess it. What conference do you think it is? SEC. SEC, man. <laughs> SEC. Uh, Eric McCoy, which, again, depending on when I did this, the SEC, Texas A&M would have been considered the Big 12, but whatever. Uh, Eric McCoy, CD, Will Clamp, uh, Alvin AK, John fucking Jenkins, Mark Ingram, Al Woods, Robert Meacham, Roman Hopper. They go typically they go on they go on SEC, which which again, like you said, it makes sense. It's the strongest conference in football. Typically always playing for national championships in the, in the SEC. It just makes sense. Um just, I just like doing this each year, just to get like a general sense and and feel. Because I do, I do think. I mean, it's just not with drafts; it's just human life. Like the past can be very indicative of the future. Um, yeah. And so, la- last year alone, they drafted Pete Warner, Big Ten, uh, Ian Book, ACC, Landon Young. SEC, um, 2020, bro, two Big Ten players, Cesar Ruiz, <laughs> Zach Bond. Jesus. Not not working out. But I, I do, and I know, and I said this on the pod before, something that I, I've noticed ever since the Jeff Ireland, you know, time has, has switched in terms of him leading the draft room is before when those Ryan Pace drafts, man, there's a lot of red. <laughs> yeah. A lot of red. So much red. This, starting in 2016, that came a lot of green. A lot of green. And then the two drafts to, to this day that has had the biggest impact on this team is the 2018 draft with trading up for Davenport. Um Traycon, and then they just fell asleep the rest of that draft, bro. Rick Leonard, the trap and the trail, Jamerson, Kareem Moore, Boston Scott, when we'll clap or hits, Boston Scott's not with the team anymore. 
And then obviously 2020, which we've repeated at at nauseum in just terms of just how it's it's the worst draft in in than Sean and Sean Payton's career. It's terrible. 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 It's it's worse. I mean, because I remember like on Twitter a couple months ago, someone was trying to argue like the 2014 trap, 2014 draft is worse. I was like, we got Brandon Cooks. Like that alone. Like, <laughs> stop it. So that's why this upcoming draft is so so crucial. Um anything from like the numbers or like the percentages um, that you heard that perked your ears or your attention or you found interesting? It just makes me feel like, you know, in the first couple of rounds, I expect an Ohio player. I mean, I expect, you know, maybe a Georgia player or an Alabama player. I think those colleges would be in the mix uh, at some point during this draft. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Okay, so let's. I even throw Texas A and M in there. You said Georgia. Okay. I oddly enough, they've only drafted two players from Georgia. Yeah, they don't draft from that. No, know. but they did just win the national championship. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I think, I think they're gonna go to that well. So Georgia. We obviously everyone talks about the whole Ohio State connection in terms of the Saints. I just put up the list. The list is Pete Warner, Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, Bon Bell, who's no longer with the Saints, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, and Antonio Pittman. So they've drafted. They've drafted. List, <laughs> it is, bro. Besides Antonio Pittman, like that's, that's a good ass list, bro. That, that's, bro. That's a great list. That's a great fucking list right there. Hey, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, 18. I'm just saying. I'm just Keep saying. Keep it going. Uh, I'll take either one. And then what was your the third school you said? You said Georgia, Ohio State. What was the other one? Uh, Alabama or Texas A&M. Right. That could be in there. Let's see. Alabama. I don't think we, well, we got Alabama. Been, yeah. It's only been three. It's only been Mark Ingram, Roman Harper, and Vinny Cersei. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a lot. Oh, Vinny. Vinny. Hey, Vinny. Vinny. Hey, Vinny. 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 (laughs) And then the only player that they drafted from uh, Texas A&M was Eric McCoy, but obviously he he was a hit and a big hit. Um, So it's just – it's it's – I I love compiling this this information, this data. I'm pretty sure those numbers are right. Maybe they're not. If they're not, whoops. But I'm pretty sure they are because I redid. I was redoing most of them yesterday, um, like pre- prepping for this episode, and just wanted to do it just kind of for fun. Um, it's just I, I. This is the shit that I love. I wish I had more time just to spend on it and do it later. Later this draft season, when my girl has the time, when all the combine results is posted and all that, we're gonna do what we did last last season as well in which she will statistically take by position like the workout numbers for every saints player that that they drafted um in the draft like quarterback linebacker wide receiver blah blah and then she'll take that and they'll she'll compare the measurables like the combine workout numbers and then compare that to all the incoming um players in this crop of draft and 
She did it last year, and every player that was broken down by position on the list that she gave me, they drafted last year, bro. Like, <laughs> which is interesting because it's like, well, this because the question, and she even as as a stats person, she even brought that she was like, I don't know if this is indicative of the Saints or would this just be kind of just the league basis, which is kind of hard, like it's kind of hard to tell, you know what I mean? But all she, all we can do is put in the numbers that they drafted from players that they drafted per by that position and compare it to the measurables of players coming, coming like the draft prospects coming in. So, well, we, you know, we heard them say it. We're making Loomis talk about it. Um, they look at the top five or top 10 players in the NFL, how they grade them, you know, the personnel department in the Saints, how they grade them at the top 10, and they take their measurables, their workout numbers, and all that, and they create a, prot- a prototype database. And they take that, adapt it to what the coaches want, tweak it how whatever, and then they take those combine numbers and workout numbers from prospects and compare it to that, you know? So if if your, if your girlfriend can, like, figure out, like, the top 10 <laughs> – Top ten players for each position, um, and then extrapolate that, and then compare it to, you know, um, the college workout numbers. That'd be dope. Yeah, I mean, not, not to put it to work with them. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a top ten for each position. Top ten for each position. You know, but we don't know the Saints' grades. We don't know how they grade players. But right. only just that, guess that's where, that's where it gets. But like you, I mean, you could get. You can have like a solid. Like you wouldn't even need top. T- I guess top tens are better. Like top five, two top, top five. five. You know. Yeah, but it's, you know it's, it's going to be Aaron Donald and you know what I'm saying. Like you, you could figure out the top five. TJ Watt, Monte Adams, and you know Charles Buser. That's very, very interesting. And that's I saw you tweeting about it today, and we we know how much these dudes love fucking spark score, Raz. Spark scores, Raz, all that. They use it. They use it. One thing, just going back to data real quick before we wrap up and get out of here, is their positional hit at defensive end is 57.7 or 57%. I know we don't know if he actually exists as a person. We think he might. That gives that does give some hope for Peyton Turner. It would be huge, bro. If he is, if he exists, and he's a guy that could be like potentially good, not even great, but just good. Yeah, that'd be huge, bro. Just huge with his defense, bro. Like the only okay. So these are the edges that they drafted, excluding Peyton Turner, Rodney. Rodney Kovich, who didn't work out for the Saints, but then became a damn good player for the Pat, the Pats, and Sean Payton says that's his biggest regret. I roll. Um, Greg Romus, Pittsburgh. Greg Romus, baby. <laughs> uh, Cam Jordan. Haloi Haloi Kakaha. Aquadine Muhammad. Chigga Trey Hendrickson. Marcus Davenport. Not a not a bad, a bad list. list of edge rushers, bro. I, 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 I get it. I, I know we 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 and, and, until we see it on the billboard, we will still we will still 
bag on him. That's just what we do. But history has shown that the Saints typically know what they're doing in drafting edge rushers. One more, one more point, because I see, I see Kakaha on this list, man. They drafted Haloi Kakaha, and this man had like three ACL surgeries in fucking college. Legs were linguini. <laughs> he was still making, and he was still making plays, bro. Man, he put it on Tyron Smith in one of those Cowboys games. What? I was like, oh shit! I said that to say this: if these niggas pass on Jameson Williams at eighteen, and they in like if they get asked like during like their little fucking presser, like oh like like oh you know the injury blah blah, he didn't have no legs. Kakaha had no legs. None, no knee cartilage, but same thing for um the guy who was in the the biopic, Kari Ford. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have no cartilage in his knees. He was falling asleep in fucking meetings. He deserves to fall asleep in meetings. <laughs> you're you're telling. I don't want to hear. It. I, I'm saying it right now. If if Jameson Williams there at 18. I don't want the nigga. Don't try to say you know if we were worried about his injury, blah blah. Fuck you. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. <laughs> History has shown that players with no knees is a saint specialty that y'all fucking love. Okay. Get out my face, my man. George Pickens, man. <laughs> Look. He got he got knee concerns too. He got some knee issues, bro. It's me towards ACL in the spring practice. Came back like the last one or two games. <laughs> balled out, balled out, man. Good player though. Uh, we we he is he is we we have a type. Okay, that's it. Wrapping up. Uh, I'm glad we did this now because all the offensive positions worked out. Um, the defense is going to work out these next few days. We'll move mm-hmm. it for them. Um, don't really care. Don't really care about defense at all, except maybe a tackle. Um, and then just going over the, the calendar dates for the upcoming season. Tuesday is a big day because that's a tag deadline day um, around the league. And then after that, following week, free agency starts on the 16th, which is like two Wednesdays from now. We gonna have to do like a like a free agency frenzy podcast the the day of free agency, bro. I'm 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 ready. I'm right. I am ready to be hurt and disappointed again because I just I just know what's gonna happen. Um, They're working on that cap now, baby. They're working on the cap. Don't freak out. Don't be worried if you don't know what the Saints cap number is, how much space we got. All that shit's being worked out. The media won't know it all. You know, it's it's happening. It's you said the Saints have like they work like a, a different deadline than everyone else. It made me think of um, <laughs> you know, like when you you have your car payment or whatever, you got like a certain number of days before. Yeah, like, before like, well, it, it ain't it ain't really late. Late. <laughs> oh, the, the, days. the late charge ain't hit yet. <laughs> so it's like five six days. Hey. It ain't really late. The only reason I thought about that is because I, I called because I was trying to change my due date for my car to the 15th instead of the 13th because I get paid on the 15th of every month. And they were like, oh, well, we can't we can't change it because it's a lease. Um, but you get like a 10-day like race period before you get a late charge. And I was like, oh, that's not what the same. What's the salary cap? <laughs> that's it. 
they know they know those dates. Yeah, we we know. Um, but we got we got y'all covered. Um, for this off season, we're excited. We're ready for uh, Vegas. We ain't getting a lot of responses. I haven't got anything in my DMs. I don't know if you got anything in your DMs. If nothing, being there like, like Will Smith. I- <laughs> Bruh, even if it's just me and you, like, it might just be us, bro. We're going to have some some drinks, and we're going to be in front of computer live streaming, and it's going to be fucking lit. I don't care. Okay. It's going to be like the, the, the draft Negro version of, like, Mystery Science Theater. Bruh, just, <laughs> just <laughs> jokes flying. That said, if you are serious about Vegas and the draft party, please start RSVPing and letting Ryan and I know via DM. You can DM us on Twitter. You can send a DM to the Instagram. It doesn't matter how you let us know, but please let us know because we do have to start prepping if people are joining us in terms of venue size. It is very, very important that this gets communicated. It is seriously happening. My shit's already purchased. Ryan's shit's going to be purchased here soon. We're meeting in Vegas for the draft. We're going to do a live stream. And if there's enough people, we're actually going to do like a live draft party while we're recording like an episode, stress live streaming. So please let us know. We got some time. The draft is like a month and 24 days away or some shit like that, 23 days away. So please, if you're serious, let us know. Anyway, thank all y'all. Be prepared. Shit's about to start popping off the next couple of weeks. We ha- we got you covered. Any shit happens, we'll have a fucking emergency podcast episode. I'm sure we're gonna have to have one at some point this offseason um for free agency. But we appreciate all you guys, all you girls, anyone who supports us. Thank you so much. We're out. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.